You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Today we discover if Promising Young Woman is a promising young film. See what I did there? Corny. We've decided every episode is now going to start with a pun about the movie that we're watching or a play on words. I just made the decision. That's the new thing that we're doing. Fair enough. That okay. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. I I'm bet just you along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, well, I bet, I bet you anything, Taylor, that I will forget by next week's episode you're gonna forget by the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah exactly i will never do that again um <laughs> interesting side note i don't even know why i'm bringing this up but i just wanted to um this week so i watched promising young woman quite early in the week i just mm-hmm. had the i just had the urge so i just watched it like we re- record monday right i probably watched it wednesday like that's how you just couldn't wait it. you couldn't wait couldn't any wait. longer I had to watch it. So on the weekend, when normally I would have time to to watch like the movie that we're watching each week, I really got into this YouTube channel, which is this like scientist guy just talking about like mind boggling questions and answering them. So shout out to YouTuber Joe Scott, where he just was like, oh, Mars, this is how hard it would be to Wait, get there. What is this, this sorry, like. what does this have to do with Promising Young Woman? Nothing. You just had a lot of time to kill. I just had a lot of time to kill. Yeah, no, it it has nothing to do with it. It just, I just wanted to give a shout out to Joe Scott. I had a great weekend catching up on scientific questions. And that's what I did with my time. Cool. I, um, in addition to watching Promising Young Woman, I watched a lot of Bailey Sarian, who's also a YouTuber. She talks about true crime. Um, I watched a movie from the 90s called PCU which is a comedy about politically correct universities. And I rewatched Life Aquatic. (laughs) Nice. Very good. We both had media heavy weekends. by the Media heavy weekends. Yes. I all me with all one thing, because I would just got obsessed with all these scientific things on this channel. You went into a black hole. As can happen on YouTube. For sure. Uh, But again, yes, it has nothing to do with Promising Young Woman, which is the movie we're reviewing today. Um, But I just thought, hey, that's an interesting way to start the show um we have some fan questions to kick things off and we're going to dive right into those because we've got uh this is a taylor mike see the same movie kind of week the rare we've seen the same movie and are going to talk about it yeah it's pretty unusual i mean normal in quote-unquote normal times what would happen is i would see one movie and you would see another movie and Mm -hmm. then that way we kind of um are covering a lot of bases but obviously again it's covid (laughs) and it's oscar season we're trying to get to see these movies we're gonna both see them anyway yeah might as well talk about them so with that theme with us seeing the same movie we weirdly got two questions that are almost the same which also i don't know if has ever happened on this show (laughs) where two fans wrote in pretty much the same question they were on the same wavelength um, let's hear that. So this is these are questions. I'm going to read them both in a row. This is from Josh, our, our inquisitor, and Kylie. Uh, Josh says, now that you've spent a year mostly watching movies from home, do you prefer to review a movie after watching it at home or watching it at the theater? Or does it m- not make a difference? And then Kylie wrote, it's so crazy to think that you've been dealing with COVID for over a year now. Considering that, I want to say I like, I think your podcast did a really great job this entire time. I have loved everything you've done to continue to talk about movies. How have you found reviewing films during the pandemic? Is it harder to stay focused at home or is it easy? Do you have an easier time where you can stop the film and reflect? So both asking questions about how we, we feel reviewing films at home has changed. So what do you think, Taylor? Is it, has it really made a difference for you? Well, first of all, thank you, Kylie, for watching along the, or listening along this whole year. Um, I'm glad that you've been enjoying us being just dumb idiots talking about movies. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think it's actually changed all that much. I think both you and I, Mike, we watched movies either. We watched movies both at home and in the theaters. And that was just mm. kind of our regular movie going um, experiences. 
I would I will say though that sometimes when watching movies from home, it is a little bit more difficult to pay attention. I think we've had this question before, but it's mostly movies that I'm bored by. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I'm thinking. It's it's the bad ones or the boring ones that are harder. Because at least when you're in the theater, well, in the theater, you're not allowed look. You shouldn't be looking at your phone. Um, you know, you're not talking to friends. Like you're very much like all you can do is watch the movie. So um, yeah, like it's <laughs> it's harder to get distracted watching a bad movie. I guess almost it's a plus though, because if you're reviewing reviewing a bad movie from home, you can do something else while watching. Yeah, it. so it's probably way, it's less plus. painful. Yeah, it's less <laughs> painful sometimes. But I do agree. Like I, I think to any movie I've seen that I haven't liked um, at home, I've definitely let my attention wander. Yeah. Whereas in the movie theater, you kind of have to. I mean, I don't never look at my phone. Doesn't matter no. what the situation. I just I I'm turn it you. off or it's silent. I never will. Um, and then I just, yeah, I, you, all you can do is stare at the screen. You're buckled in at that you're point. You're buckled in. Yeah. So that, that I agree with you. I think that's to me is the only difference when the movie is good. It does not make a difference to me, whether I'm at the theater or at home for reviewing it specifically. Um, I miss going to the theaters. I yeah. love the movie theater. So there's a difference no matter what, but in terms of specifically reviewing it, I don't think there's much of a difference unless the movie is bad. And then I find it really tough to, to always stick it out. 100% agree. I think, yeah, there's nothing to add. <laughs> I would have preferred, I know this wouldn't have really been possible, but I would have preferred that, for example, that experimental movie club we did, if we were able to watch all those movies in a theater, I think I would have enjoyed that process more. Because yeah. some weeks I was just like, oh, I got to watch this. <laughs> like just sitting there having to like sit through it was really tough. It was hard to stay motivated. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So that's a good example of where, you know, the pandemic definitely mattered in that sense. Um, just I, I just think about all what's that movie that I really hate a simple favor. I yeah. don't think I'd watch it at home. I think I'd turn it off. But in the theater, at least it forced me to get that is, through it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. We do have more control over our mm-hmm. <laughs> how we watch the movie. I should um to your point about like missing seeing movies in theaters, I don't want to give too much away because we're obviously going to spend the episode talking about Promising Young Woman. But that movie um, would have been, I don't think I would have enjoyed it more if it was in the theater, but I wish I saw it in theaters. Like it definitely is like a movie movie. Does that make sense? No, but I am look forward to your thoughts and expanding on that. Like, Don't you think it would have been great to watch it on the big screen? Um, what, what do you think it would have added? I don't know. Just like, again, like, I don't think it would have made it better or worse. Mm-hmm. I think it just, I, I, again, I guess I missed the movie going experience. And like, this to me is a movie worth seeing on the big screen. Oh yeah. I would agree with that. And I think even atmosphere, you know, might be something that you, everything to me gets amplified when you're in a movie theater especially when it comes to the atmosphere of the film, something that's chilling becomes more chilling to me in the theater. Something that's funny becomes funnier when you're in a room with other people watching and laughing about a movie. So I think, I think this movie definitely could have seen like I, if I had seen this in a movie theater, I think it would have amplified a lot of things. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that point I definitely agree with. Um, But thank you to both Kylie and Josh for asking the same question that that was great. I mean, it's a great question. I think it makes a lot of sense to think about that. But yeah, I think overall, depends on the movie. <laughs> a good movie is still a good movie, no matter where you watch it. Um, our last you know what, question. You know what I'll take, but I'll just before we move on, Mike. Yeah, when we've, when we've reviewed movies that we've gotten screeners to, mm. those I think would have been better in the movie theater. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Like even in like non-COVID times, because we did screen, we got a screener for reel out Mm -hmm. um like prior to the pandemic and you know when we got this cbc Mm -hmm. episode i don't know what it was maybe it's because we i knew that they were for a movie festival i think it i don't know i think i would have been more lenient or i would have enjoyed reviewing those more well i know i do agree with you like i think screeners are sometimes tough to to just watch it on your 
computer or device or, or what have you. Like I, I find that that that's tough as well. I, I would agree with that. Um, but sometimes you have to do that because like in certain, certainly in, in the case of Reload or, or whatever, they want us to review the, the film yes. prior to the festival. Yeah. So they have to get it in our hands somehow. For um, sure. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. Screeners can be tough. Um, last questions from Tyler. Um, not really a question. He just has a lot to say. I mean, a it's monologue. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler has two parts to this email. So I'm going to read the first part and, and comment on it. And then we'll, I'll read the second part. Um, so dear Taylor and Mike, it's been a while uh, since I practically shouted, <laughs> say what out loud on the subway <laughs> whilst listening to an episode of Screening in Kingston. He Then he put in brackets, S-I-K. I don't know if that's supposed to be like sick or psych or just S-I-K, which he's, I guess he's just calling us Screening in Kingston, S-I-K. I don't know. Uh, for the past few months, I felt a sense <laughs> I of kinship. I don't either. know what that means either. <laughs> Here we are. Um, for the past few months, I felt a sense of kinship with both hosts, agreeing with or at least understanding most of your opinions and takes on movies, both old and new. Well, the streak came to an end this past week. <laughs> I scared the daylights out of a, my fellow commuters when Mike said the actor who played Muhammad Ali in One Night Miami was the weak link in the film. And then was only cast because of his athletic physique. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. To use a, a favorite S.I.K. quote, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. S.I.K. Greenie and Kingston. I guess it. so. I, I think that's what he. I think he was putting it in brackets, like for future you would reference. When, for when, like he would in like a contract or like a professional paper or whatever. And then he later, oh, okay, now we know what he means. Um, uh, intentional melodrama aside, I felt the four actors from One Night in Miami were all incredibly strong in delivering their characters' unique personalities onto the screen. While Kingsley Ben-Adair and Leslie Oldham Jr. were definitely the standouts, uh, Elias Hodge's portrayal of Jim Brown provided a calm but strong center to the swirling storm, and Eli Gore as the young Ali captured a playful energy and glee that even the likes of Will Smith couldn't convey during his bout as the champ. In an age where individuals on social media frequently claim the power of consensus to back up their own views, it is refreshing to see a piece of work that allows, nay demands, discussion and dissent within a movement. I felt that the content and eventual resolution of the conversations within One Night Miami produced a strong film that, while slow at times, packed an emotional punch. So this is the first part of his email, and I want to talk about the One Night Miami stuff first, and then I'll read the second part of his email. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just disagree. I think Will Smith is a way better Muhammad Ali than Eli Gore was. I, I just felt Will Smith brings with him, as an actor, a certain amount of, of character and a, a certain amount of gravitas and a certain <laughs> amount of personality and charm that Muhammad Ali had. Muhammad Ali was not a stump which is how Eli Gore to me portrayed him as a bit just like talking to to a to a wooden cutout like he he just to me didn't have the flair that Muhammad Ali had who was this huge personality and Will Smith I felt brought a lot to it and I just don't agree with with kind of what Tyler's taking from it what I will agree with him about is I I do think Jim Brown being kind of more of a strong calm strong but silent type. I do think it, it worked in terms of the dynamics of the four. Um, and I also agree with him about the conversations between the four. The best part of the movie for me was when they finally got to the one night and four of them were just sitting around a table. That was the best part of the movie. Just debating, discussing, bringing out different I ideologies about this movement. I thought it was fantastic in that way. My problems with the movie was it was too much like the stage play. You could tell it was adapted by it from a play Nothing new was brought to the table. There was no real like cinematography in it. It was just very much like this is the way it's staged on the play and I'm not going to bring anything new to it. Um, so I did think it was slow, lacked some stakes, lacked things that I kind of want to see in a movie. And I and I don't agree about the performance. I, I didn't think he was that good as Muhammad Ali. But that's fine. We can disagree. That's okay. There's no problem with that. We're all we're all good. But I just I don't I don't think he he brought as much. I don't know where this charisma and playful energy was. That Tyler's that Tyler. back to um, instead of like hate watching us, he's hate listening to us. 
Yes, I think that's how he the... started listening to our show to begin with. I think his first email in was was objecting to something we You're said wrong. about something. Yeah, um, which is fine. This is what I like. This is the I, I hope he keeps doing this. I like being challenged. And I think this is where you get your most interesting movie conversations. Like I've always wanted to have some sort of movie debate episode where we bring in a couple de- guests and have some sort of like movie debate. Um, but, you know, it, it never really panned out or happened. But uh, it will happen. Yeah. Okay. One day. One day. One day. Because this is, again, acting is a great, it's very subjective in a lot of ways, but you can pinpoint certain things in the movie and point them out to each other. And I just felt his quote unquote playfulness was too forced. Like there's so many scenes that were too forced. And I just felt like sometimes talking to him was like, you could have had a a wooden cutout of the actor. You know how they have used to have those displays, like a cardboard cutout in front of like Yeah, a, like Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, like Michael Jordan's in front of like, oh, like promoting these shoes or something. That's kind of what it felt like. There, there, there was three actors in a cardboard cutout sitting there. And that See, was kind of the conversation. I think we had said last week, I haven't seen the film, but when you have an ensemble cast or a movie where people are like equally billed, it is so hard if not everyone is on the same level. So even if he's like a fine actor, but if he's acting against people that are like really good, yeah, he's like just like come Oscar off as level, <laughs> like yeah, Leslie like- Oldham Jr. and and Kingsley Ben Benadare are, were are to me were Oscar level performances. So like he he just was poorly matched, right? Maybe and maybe that's it. simply it. Maybe if he was in a movie with other people and maybe their acting was a little more either subdued or the performances weren't as strong and it would even itself out, I'd have a different opinion. Um, but again, it's also subjective. Tyler can be reading into things that he likes out of actors that I don't. And it I can mean, be the simplest thing. Think of the millions of people that like ScarJo. <laughs> right. And you're not a yeah, ScarJo Scar- <laughs> Those millions of people are wrong, but they're entitled <laughs> to that opinion. Yes. Yeah. But to yeah. your, your um, Mike, we just always rate, like every time we wanted to do a debate episode, something else came up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think, remember how Wendy suggested Mm -hmm. that after COVID, we do a live episode? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be fun if the live episode was the debate episode? I think it would be a lot of fun. So there you go. it would be absolutely a lot of fun if we did that. Put a pin in that idea. Put a pin. Pin officially in the idea. Um, So Tyler's second part of the email says, uh, I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah yet, but the idea that someone made a Tyler film that Mike also has enjoy also would enjoy is intriguing to me. I will seek it out sincerely. Tyler, say what? Vance. <laughs> P.S. I would like to echo the support for Taylor. You are a wonderful host with wit and personality that is integral to the success of the show. I look forward to hearing you equivocally trash more of my favorite movies in the near future. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Um, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah, again, I'm going to just double down on my comments. It is a Tyler Vance film, but it's made, so I'll enjoy it. Is um, that one on Netflix yet? Not yet. Right, no, you saw I, that I at, saw the screening at the screening room. room. Yeah, right. um, highly recommend it. It's, it's a fantastic film. Again, little things in it that I didn't like, but it, it was uh, well worth seeing. So definitely check it out, Tyler. I think, I think you'll enjoy it. All right, that's it. That's it for fan questions this week. Let's talk about promising young woman. Let's let's have the little discussion though that we were having before we we pressed play here. We're gonna have to have some light spoilers for this movie. Yes, it's not possible. Cue to like the sirens, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert! Now, what we're not gonna do? We're not gonna spoil the the kind of end or anything that we would qualify as big big twists. If there's any of those in the movie and the ending of the movie, we're not going to spoil it, spoil it all. But I, I do want to caution. If you're planning on seeing Promising Young Woman and any information about the movie, you would consider a spoiler, like I'm I'm like that, then I would recommend maybe putting putting your own pin in this episode of Screening in Kingston, pausing it, um, and coming back to this later. Because yeah. we are going to have to talk about quite a bit of the movie up until the end, just because... There, it's one of those movies that there's so much going on. It would be really tough for us to say anything about it without spoiling the. Content. Anytime there's like a thriller, and that's not a spoiler. It's billed, <laughs> it's billed as a thriller. Um, I find it really hard to avoid spoilers. Like if you're gonna do any kind of discussion about plot, right? Yeah, like it's just yeah. not gonna. It's if not the gonna plot of the movie 
is is somehow connected to the the content in a way where it takes turns or twists or changes or or really in this film's case i think it really impacts what's going on like the plot's very very important sometimes plots in the movie are like uh, the plot is these four icons get together and they're gonna talk it's what they talk about that's the spoiler but but the plot whatever that's just the setup right and i don't even mean that in like a I'm not trying to continue to diss One Night in Miami. But you know what I mean. Some yeah. plots are like, okay, yeah, that's the plot. Don't need to know anything else. Yeah. This one, the plot itself has spoilers within it. So this is your spoiler warning for warning for Promising Young Woman. Again, we will not reveal what happens at the end. We won't kind of go through the climax of the movie. But we are going to talk about some things that you might consider spoilers. So see you later if you're leaving us right now <laughs> to see go watch it. Week. See you next week when we don't spoil. But if you're sticking around and you've seen Promising Young Woman or you just don't care about spoilers, stick around. Um, and we'll uh, we'll spoil it for you. So here we go. Promising young woman, uh, Taylor. Let's just first uh, <laughs> tell your initial thoughts. What did you think of the movie overall? I loved it. But anyone who watches this movie and listens to this show will be like, "Yeah, duh." <laughs> this is a Taylor movie. I I will confess. While I was watching it, I actually didn't know how you were gonna react. Really. To there were moments where I was like, oh, yeah, Taylor's going to be totally into this. And then there were other moments where I'm like, mm, what moments did you think be. I wouldn't like? Um, so I thought the fact that it again, spoiler alert, I thought the fact that it, it turned out not to be a horror movie oh. was going to turn you off because I, yeah. at the beginning, all I was thinking was like, oh, OK she's getting these that's guys and i'm like the this body is, count yeah, that's the thing like, yeah it's like the body count's going up and like i was like okay taylor's gonna love this because it's kind of like a mainstream horror movie that's got award buzz but when it sort of shifted and you found you find out she's not actually killing anybody i was like oh i wonder like maybe taylor might not like this like i did like i also really enjoyed this movie so i also had like had a lot of fun watching this movie I loved some of the twists and turns, but that was one moment where I was like, mm, maybe Taylor won't like that it's straight away from that. So, you know, I, um, that makes sense. Like, would I have liked it better if she wasn't murdering her victims? Um, in a way, I almost like it better this way, only because the way the movie was set up was really reminding me of a movie called American Mary which is a horror thriller from 2012. And I thought, oh, is this just like a mainstream ripoff of American Mary? Mm. Which is like same premise in that there's like a sexual assault and then there's like a rip and she has to drop out of medical school because mm. of the assault. And then she like takes revenge, takes essentially. Revenge, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh, this is going to be like a mainstream version mm -hmm. of american mary but it wasn't which it was, was like not. a pleasant <laughs> surprise no. um so i think i would have that i probably would have felt that way mike if it wasn't so similar like if it she it turned out she was a murderer i probably would have really dug that if it wasn't for this american mary movie sure yeah does that make sense it d d definitely does make sense and i think that the other thing is, if all the turns in tone weren't done so brilliantly, it could have been a disaster. Like, this film could have easily been a tonal mess, but everything worked so well. Mm -hmm. Like, I, when I was watching it, I tone-wise, I compared a lot to, to the that Winona Ryder movie, Heathers. Mm -hmm. um, very, like, dark comedy on very, very, like, sensitive subject. But it's a dark comedy, but it's also a romance. But it's also a revenge, like, as you said, it's a revenge movie. But it starts off think making it think like this is going to be a horror movie. Um, basically, the basic premise, as we kind of go into this, is that, you know, she's, she's going to bars at night. She's pretending she's just can't stand up and barely walk. She's pretending to be drunk. talk drunk. And she she sees what happens. Guys will take her home and basically try to take advantage of her. And then she chooses a moment to 
quote unquote snap out of it, but really she's sober the whole time and just kind of confronts them about it. Teach and at them the beginning, teach, yeah, but at the beginning it's like, oh, and then she kills them, but yeah. that's not what happens. <laughs> like she just says, talks to them and says things to them. Were you kind of, again, the, I guess this just has to do with like how expertly they do the tonal shifts and stuff and how they set her up as mm-hmm. a relatively sympathetic character, but complicated. She's complicated. Complex, yeah, Weren't yeah. you kind of relieved when she wasn't murdering them? Yeah, I was, but I mean, I think, I'm like, again... How is she going to make this relationship with Bo Burnham work if she's yeah, a murderer? That's what, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what no, I was that, thinking. That part, that I agree with you with that. By the time they introduced Bo Burnham's character, so Bo Burnham plays kind of a guy from, also went to medical school with her, recognizes her, comes in. From her past. Is, from her past, and is kind of like, he, he kind of asks her on a date and she basically ends up starting to date him while on the side doing this. I think it would have definitely made it more complex if she actually was committing murder. Um, it would have now, been a different being, movie, right? Like, it would have been like how the movie would have been about how she's trying to keep the murders from her new boyfriend and how is mm-hmm. she going to cover them up? Which I think it was a right decision because this movie to me, again, to me, who's somebody who like has no right commenting on the content of this movie, but I just thought it was handled very well. Like watching a movie about this type of content can go a lot of different ways. And I just thought the director, who's also the writer, um, Emerald Fennell, she wrote and directed this, which I didn't find know until the end, until the credits. I thought it was written and directed brilliantly. Like I think this is her first movie too. It's her first movie. Yes. Like she's written a bunch of stuff for TV and she's acted in a few things, but this is her first feature. And again, the differences in in a, a new director taking on this type of project and a new director taking on One Night in Miami, I can see the differences here. Like I want, I want some, I want Tyler Vance to watch Promising Young Woman back to back with One Night in Miami because it's like it's, it's like night and day in terms of how everything's handled, in terms of the pace of it, in terms of everything. And I just thought, like, this is a, a, a new director who clearly knew exactly what she was doing, exactly what she was yeah, going Yeah, she definitely for. had an idea clear in her mind as to what story she was trying to tell. You know how I, I this movie is very timely and oftentimes, quote unquote, timely movies um, feel a little bit like too on the nose. I never mm. felt like this movie was too on the nose. And it makes me think of Late Night. Remember how, like, Late Night was trying so hard to be, like, trendy? Yeah. And Late Night was so bad, I don't even really remember what happens in it. But I do rem- do work. Oh, it was the whole thing about her being a woman and, my- and a minority. Anyways. Yeah. That was kind of, it- like... It, like, had important things to say, but it was, like, too on the nose in terms of, like, millennial culture. Late and night. I do want to say that it, to me, even though the director is only two years older than me, um, there's a certain maturity that I felt this film had. And if you want to compare it to Late Night, to me, that's the difference. Late Night reminded me of someone in their 20s who's yelling about an issue on Instagram. Whereas this movie was like someone, I mean, she, again, she's only two years older than me, but but the, by the way the content was handled, this is like a mature like older way to look at something. You wouldn't think this was her first movie. No, not at all. I would have thought this was, oh, this is movie 27 and this person's well-crafted. Like she's going to have an amazing film career if she can continue to do things um, like this and create these types of, of atmospheric movies that move so well, that keeps you guessing, especially in terms of the main character. Like you brought up um, that, you know, you feel sympathy. You feel sympathy towards her, right? Like you feel sympathy towards the main character, but it always kept you questioning how far is she going to go? Yeah. Like, where's the line? So even though there was the sympathy there, there was also the sense of like this, this director's doing such a good job of showing us characters and being like, well, everyone's kind of bad. Everyone's got things they're doing wrong here. And it's just how far are we going to push this revenge thing to determine is she really doing it? Because what she's doing is not equal in any way to the things that are being done to her. But how far is this character going to push it? And I never knew. Like, I, it kept me guessing the whole time. And I loved it. I've never been so 
shocked with a movie recently where I'm just like, I don't know where this is going. I had no idea. You know what I Couldn't thought? Guess anything. I thought I'm like, when I was watching it, I thought, wow, this is the first good movie I've seen in a long time. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Where there's not, <laughs> I really don't have anything negative to say about it. I came out of it being like, this was a solid movie. Yeah. The, um, so what, what let's, Spend a little time maybe talking about what awards it's up for. Definitely Best Actress, Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's um, up for that, yeah. And she was phenomenal. Yeah, so, yeah, like really good. And then um, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Best Picture, yep. Um, so what else is it nominated for? Do you have a list there? Yes, I do. Normally Best Director. For- yes. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said that, I went and grabbed the list. Uh, Best Director. Um Best Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. So five nominations. I'll have to go back and look at the list again, but like maybe I'm biased. I think this is a really great movie, but it's it'll be one of those movies where uh, is the Academy willing to, you know, go that far? I'm going to get in yeah, trouble with my comments again. People are no, going to no. misconstrue my comments about... I agree with you. Um, I, the Academy... And most people stray away from this type of comment. I mean, that's what the, this movie's talking about. Like the whole scene with the dean is yeah. is a great example of of what happens when when someone brings up um, sexual assault, um, any sort of a, a abuse, anything where where a woman is accusing a man of something. This is how people react, and the movie addresses that. And and even her friend, um, I can't remember the name of the character, but Allison Bree's character. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you, this is not. It's not just this is how men react. This is how women react too. So you're not wrong. The the for the Academy to even nominate this movie is like okay. <laughs> I I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't have thought they they would do that. But their their trend would be to stay away from this type of thing. But if you're just looking at achievement in filmmaking. To me, this should be a front runner for best picture, best director for sure. Um, at least a front runner for those two categories, if not everything that they're nominated for. So I, I agree with you. that the trend would be maybe they they won't give this movie the spotlight it deserves, but it's it's so well crafted. It's a contender. I don't think this it is has like to be. Yeah. this isn't one of those movies where like, oh, they just picked it to be topical or they picked it, you know what no. all of no. their uh, all of their motives. This certainly, in my opinion, is a, a contender. I thought it was a, a ride from beginning to end. Um, it's, I think it comes in at two hours. It doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel too short. The pacing was great. Um, across the board, great acting. Let's talk a little bit about Bo, eh? Oh, Bo he- Burnham. <laughs> Just knocked it out of the park. I couldn't even believe. I was like, wait a minute. What? Like, Bo Burnham's in this? And and I just, I I couldn't believe how well, and I'm talking about his acting won me over. Like, his acting won me over in this. Where at the beginning, I was like, okay, come on. Like, he can't. Kind of, you thought maybe a little bit gimmicky in terms of yeah, casting. Yeah, I've like only ever seen Bo Burnham. Like, I've only ever seen his stand-up. Um, did he act in eighth grade? No. He just directed it. Not right? that I remember. No, yeah, I, I don't remember him being in it. No, he's another guy, young guy, um, young guy in the sense that he's like what thirty already. But he's thirty, yeah, young, <laughs> but young for the industry. Yes, comparatively yeah. in the industry, um, for a man, um, I think we're gonna see really good things from him. I'd like to see him act more. I know you. Me I, too. I haven't got around to watching Eighth Grade yet, but mm-hmm. you said it was really great um, directing. So well I think done. you really enjoyed it, but. Yeah. Clearly, just a, 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 a multi multi talented guy. I guess from his stand up, I should have known. Well, I don't know. You can't always you can't tell. You can't always tell from co- uh, comedic stand up, no. right? Like observational humor. You never know if if it's going to translate, but it clearly does because he had presence. He he was amazing. I mean, that scene in the in the pharmacy. Yeah. I just, I, I don't <laughs> think dancing. I've laughed. Yeah. I, to the Paris Hilton song. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've laughed that like loud out loud at a movie for like in a while, like a pure from the gut laughter that would have annoyed other theater goers. Like that's, that's how much. I well, talk about, let's, 
the when he switched the flip at the end of the movie well not near like not the end end but when so again this is a little bit of a spoiler but when carrie mulligan's character confronts him Mm -hmm. in his office at the hospital and you know he's pleading for her like can you forgive me can you forgive Mm -hmm. me and then she says like no and then this the the switch flips right yeah and And i think that movie that that again like what works we're not going to explain what exactly happened but that confrontation scene to me was an example of just a phenomenal actor because the movie did it more than once where people kind of switched a little bit and popped around a bit and like this scene was like i I mean intense you know what i mean like intense without without having someone really being like their life isn't in danger but still intense and i think um and i can't speak for like all women (laughs) but watching this movie as a woman it definitely felt like righteous anger like carrie mulligan's anger was like righteous like it felt like most women understand where she's coming from and most women have experienced not maybe not with a partner but with with other individuals that flips that switch flipping instantly yeah and someone going from like one from being like basically to another yeah yeah and um i think it was really like oh, just the writing is so smart so the scene when she's walking home and she's being catcalled mm-hmm. and they're like you know saying pretty like nasty stuff and then when she kind of like stands up to them just like not even with any words and again that flip that switch flipped and i'm like oh my gosh like yes like that like what woman hasn't experienced that in some way and i felt again the scene with Bo near the end of the movie i'm like oh my gosh yes like so smart the writing was so smart but it didn't feel contrived the way that Mm. i felt like late night felt kind of um like gimmicky a little bit in some of the writing like Um, without without being i mean for lack of a better word a little bit like fake or put on like that's kind of how i felt about late night there was a little bit too much put on there's too many layers like they were trying to like do everything all at once and like yeah this movie came out i guess i can't i can't remember when late night came out i think 2019 only a couple years ago it definitely felt like you couldn't watch that movie back like 10 years from now you know what i mean like it's just that movie was too much of 2019 those like issues that were um not issues but anyways i just felt like late night it was a little too on the nose whereas with this movie it just like in a way felt timeless even though it definitely was made in 2020 (laughs) yeah but i i agree though that timeless feeling i think is there because this is the thing this is the difference to me between a, a, an excellent film and a okay film. It's this movie was subtle when it needed to be, on the nose when it needed to be, um, funny when it needed to be, dramatic when it needed to be, and it knew all the right moments to do those things. I it even kept cried. I laughed. I cried yeah. watching this movie. Yeah, it, it kept you guessing. It kept you on your toes. And by the time the ending rolled around, didn't see it coming. Just you don't see what's going to come next because it's so well crafted. And I think it did come from a singular voice, a director, writer who knew what they wanted to say, knew how they wanted to say it, and can probably convey that very well to the people around them because the communication from this movie to us as audience members was excellent. There's no, there was nothing, there was nothing being muddled. There was no, it, it was clear to me. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, there's a couple of people I do want to talk about. The parents. I wanted to talk about it a little yeah. bit because they 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 see they were always I found it was interesting they're always like almost always seated in kind of the same spot in in the kitchen yeah <laughs> and they, the mother's kind of like kind of very emotional and like cries at a moment and the dad's kind of just sort of like there which I thought was very I don't know I for whatever reason I thought it was very well done like all the secondary characters that they introduced all had very distinctive interesting personalities yeah the parents were a bit of like comedic relief i think in Mm -hmm. a way but they also were a good plot device because we kind of got to see um cassie cassie's i think is the name of character we kind of so they were comedic 
relief, but they also got us to see kind of the inner workings of her private life, like her family life. Um, yeah, they were great. Um, the guys at the bachelor party. Oh man. We're so, great. Schmidt. From, Schmidt. Oh, from I New couldn't. Girl. When his introduction is the best like thing for just him and, and who he is as an actor and knowing him as Schmidt, just like him opening the door and be like, Oh, the doctor's here. <laughs> it's just like, I lost it. I couldn't. Yeah. All the guys at the bachelor party were fantastic. I mean, every guy, that she, like acting wise, every guy that she kind of met up and you had those little scenes with, they were all like McLovin was great. Yeah. The guy who played McLovin was fantastic. I thought like, I thought his scene was really, really good. And I think like in a way the acting, like when you're meeting these kind of these in a way, like anonymous males, yeah, some of it felt like they were acting goofy. Right. But, mm-hmm. like, I think that was a deliberate choice seeing, like, these guys are buffoons. Yes, <laughs> like, I think that was the idea. I think it and was like, yeah, show, and I think it was yeah. effective. Like, I think... Because um, well, you, had, you had a little bit of difference, right? Like, because that's the thing is, like, the interesting thing, like, she was, she was color coding her check marks in her book. Like, she carries this book around with her. And she writes the guy's name down and, and like, does a check mark. That's kind of also why I thought she was murdering them. Oh, yeah. She's checking them off the list. It's her um, kill but, list. Come on. Of course. But every time, like, it was color-coded. Like, there was there was red and black and blue and, like, different colors. And at, and at the very beginning, I was like, okay, maybe it's just, like, different colored pens, whatever. But I think she was, like, she was putting them in different categories. Oh, I didn't Be- catch on to that. Yeah, because like the because I I really got it after the McLovin scene because she deliberately used a different pen color than she did with Adam Brody's character. Ooh, because Adam Brody like he kind of kind of got her there under false pretenses and pretended to be really nice and then like was trying to take off her like clothes. McLovin, like she can she came in and was unconscious and she remember she made that right. point where he at woke least her you up. woke me up yeah yeah so it seemed like she was like scaling them putting them in categories for whatever reason I don't know if that means she did something different to them in return because we don't know what happened to Adam Brody and we don't know where that conversation went but we get to see her confront I keep calling him McLovin that's because I just don't think his character had a name but she confronts <laughs> McLovin and we get to see that whole scene right like I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing as well. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it, it is interesting. That that's one of the things I caught because at the beginning I thought nothing of it. But the next time we saw the book, it was deliberate that she made a different colored line and, and wrote his name in a different color, like Jerry or something. I don't know See, even that. <laughs> so smart. I yeah. don't like saying like, oh, that movie was a had a smart script. But in this case, it did. It and it wasn't, yeah, it it wasn't like pretentious because that's another mm-hmm. problem is that sometimes these like oh it's a smart witty script but it's a little bit pretentious or takes itself too seriously i don't think this was the case so i don't know it's hard we're having that instance where like the movie's so good what do you want me to say you know yeah that's the thing like it's just it the movie is so good and i thought like it's not pretentious and it's also not um it's not 100 percent one-sided because it would have been an easy decision to make all the people that she needs to get revenge on because these people from her past for through different circumstances come back into her life. So she has that meaning with like Alison Bree's character. She has that meaning with the Dean and like kind of gets back at both of them. You could have easily still made those characters male, but she didn't. She yep. showed that a woman in power and a best friend still made the wrong decisions. Both men and women react poorly to this circumstance and that's what has to change. Like, it's everybody. It's not one. And I thought that was smart, too. It was a bold choice, but it was very smart. Like, the way it worked in, it was fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that um, the lawyer has a redemption arc. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, we, oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, talk which about, was like, fantastic. That scene um, when he's like, she, you know, she, you can tell that she feels unsafe with him. Like, again, such great acting. Like, no words were spoken. Carrie Mulligan didn't speak any words. And yet we knew that how she was reacting to the lawyer. She was uncomfortable. She was fearful. Just really great, nuanced performances. Um, Yeah. And I guess it just really, it does ask difficult questions, right? If If someone does something horrific when they're young, 
-hmm. how much do they have to pay and for how long? Mm -hmm. I think that's a question. question, And again, she didn't, the film writer and director didn't have to ask that question. No. But she did, right? So she's saying, yes, you know, people need to pay for their crimes, right? Um, But how, where, how far do we go and for how long? And do people, and I think it says a lot about this canceling culture that we live in Mm -hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. where people you know on twitter say something horrific granted like they are horrible things but maybe they said them when they were like 18 and it was 10 mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. like yeah and this this movie could have easily been a simple by the books like revenge movie she murders them it, that's yeah it. but but it wasn't you're absolutely right it, it decided to go in various directions and what i really appreciated about the movie was it brought questions up, but didn't necessarily give you all the answers. Yeah. It just presented them and went, yeah. oh, you, you, you have an opinion on this. This is, you know, what, what it is. And this is a cir- circumstance. And you're right. There's nuance to this movie. Um, it's not just about one thing. It brings in a lot of circumstances. And again, it comes right down to the, the main character. You never know how far she's going to go. And the movie makes it feel like she's gone further than she actually has. And you have to like, adjust that being like whoa what she did that and then later you find out oh she didn't do that she did and do it but she yeah. did something else she did something <laughs> else yeah, she, she didn't do that but she did something else yeah and that's to me that's really that was what was interesting and, and kind of kept me guessing um but yeah i mean I, I i really enjoyed this movie to me it's a see it absolutely i recommend people see promising young woman for sure the only last thing i have to say is i love i loved the costume design and like the yeah production Oh like yeah, even the her family's house. Yeah. Oh, and again, great <laughs> acting when Allison Brie. That's Allison Brie, right? Yes, yeah. Allison Brie. Allison yeah. Brie walks into her mom's house and she's like mm-hmm. looking around the house, like, "What the? <laughs> like, yeah, what is with this decor?" Not saying anything, but like, you know what she's reacting to in that moment. Yes. Yeah, she I doesn't can... have to come out and say it. Yeah, yeah. I can... <laughs> It's been so long. And seeing a good movie that yeah. I'm like, oh, acting. That's what acting's supposed to be like, right? Exactly. So are yeah. you giving this film a, a see it as well? Oh, hands down, it's a see it. I think um it asks difficult questions. I don't think everyone wants to be asked those questions or to think about those things. So I don't think this movie is gonna be for everyone. Um, but I would strongly recommend everyone do go out and see it. Um, it certainly is a dark, a dark comedy thriller. I think you hit the nail really on the head, Mike, when you compared it to Heathers. Mm-hmm. I think this could be, well, I don't want to say like it's the Heathers for our generation, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the, the way it handles the content is very similar. Soundtrack um, was great. Soundtrack was very good and used it well to kind of, enhance what was going on or put focus on it or just provide really good background so everything else gets enhanced like again that's the thing about this movie everything was just used well like the soundtrack was used the way i feel you should use the soundtrack the acting was superb the there was nuance in the script there was nuance in the storytelling there was subtlety um there's a lot of really great things so yeah i i couldn't agree more um definitely go out to see it promising young woman definitely worth it um transition into some army hammer news. I mean, related in a way. Related in a way, <laughs> unfortunately. Laugh, but, no, uh... that's the thing. Unfortunately, it's now related. But yeah, you've got a little bit of an army hammer update about one of his projects. Yeah. So obviously, um, I reported because I'm a reporter now. I had reported <laughs> that um, army hammer is being investigated for um, rape or sexual assault. Um, you know, with those things, it's going to be a long time. Right. Um, just with investigations and how th- and then courts and all that. So it's going to be probably a while until we get any developments around the actual investigation. But um, when I was Googling um, this week to see if there was any updates, I did come across one headline and it's the murder on the Nile is being postponed again. Um, but when I read the article, It's not clear if it's being postponed because of these scandals. Army, because Army Hammer's in um, the movie, if you haven't caught on. Um, uh, It may just be due to COVID. So, Disney, it's one of those movies that 
Disney acquired in the merger last year. Yeah. Um, so what was that? Fox, maybe? Fox. Was the yeah, original? It would have been a Fox spotlight movie, probably. Yeah. yeah. Fox, for sure. So yeah. it's been kind of... Um, I'll try to see how many times it's been pushed back. Quite a bit. I mean, I think this might be by the COVID third, at the beginning. The but this movie's finished. That's the important difference yes. that I think is good. Is this movie is done, so it's a bit of a different scenario than the movies that are dropping Army Hammer. He's in this movie. It's been filmed and finished. So it is interesting timing that they would push it back. So it was originally supposed to be released December twentieth, twenty nineteen. But then it was rescheduled for October 9th, 2020, pushed back an additional two weeks, October to October 23rd, then again to December 18th in response to the domestic box office underperformance of Tenant. And then in November of 2020, um, no, that doesn't make sense. But then, sorry, and then in March of 2021, it's been moved to February 2022. Hmm. Yeah, so completely out of this. And again, like the article stated that like, this is kind of the elephant in the room for Disney. Like when they made, I guess they made an announcement with several movies being pushed back and this was kind of tagged onto it. They never mentioned anything about Army Hammer. Um, At this point, like you said, they can't re-film it because it is an ensemble cast. So he's in too many scenes with too many people. Um. Yeah, it's a, I mean, and that that would be a tough situation in that sense because the movie's like filmed already because a lot of people are just cutting ties with him just to make it simpler, being like, fine, okay, if this is going on, we're just gonna you know take you out of the movie. Um, this one, what would you do? You know, do, do you? It's so hard. Like I was thinking about this when I was reading this, reading the article, right? So I'm one of those people who. Um, I don't have a problem separating art from the person, right? Like I can watch, I mean, I don't particularly like um, Woody Allen, but like I can watch a Woody Allen movie and not be like disgusted by the things he's done. Right. Mm -hmm. And many of our listeners know that I am a Rowan Polanski fan. So that's an example of I'm able to watch a Rowan Polanski movie and separate the film, the content from the creator. Right. But there's a couple of questions here. Are we, it's easier to do that when the movie is like an old movie, right? Like already existed, it already yeah. existed. So the question is, should we give these people? And again, it similar to the questions that were asked in promising young woman, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. These yeah. people should have to pay or there should be justice for the victims. Right. So um, these people, these predators shouldn't be given new opportunities right but for how long are are they on the blacklist essentially at what point have they paid for their crimes yeah and then the other question that i was thinking about is okay well army hammer is only one person in an ensemble cast right so by shelving this movie you're punishing everyone else that's been in the film and that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem fair either and that's that's the you know that's where the nuance comes into play, and that's all great questions that you're asking. And I've I've always been of the mindset that you know it's it's up to everyone individually, including the people who have decision making on the film, to make the the, the decision that they feel is right. Um, for some people, that means not supporting the movie. For some people means that that's, you know, firing the person. Like I've always been, you know, if I was a film executive 10 years from now, it's up to me whether or not I want to hire Army Hammer. And that's, that would, that's the way I look at it. Like it's up to, it's up to people for how long it it takes as a universal, you know, you're never going to get any sort of universal feeling on this because, you know, social media is social media and people have their own opinions. Everyone's going to feel differently. Um, But I, I mean, I'm similar to you, Taylor, for the most part, I can watch a movie that already existed. I have mixed feelings about this whole thing. I mean, we started making fun of and making this whole cannibal thing a joke. And then it, and then for me, it got real. Not to say that, you know, cannibalism, you know, where does that exactly go on the scale things? But this, this turned from, huh, Army Hammer is a, is a weird cannibal. A weirdo. 
a weirdo and we're going to make fun of him to, oh, wow, he's being investigated for sexual assault. Let's let's back up here. Like, let's see where this goes. Maybe some people will call me callous, but I'll still be able to watch The Man from Uncle. Yeah, and that's I to me that's fair. That's fair for someone to be able to still watch Man from Uncle, and that's also fair for someone to say I can't watch Man from Uncle anymore. Like I think I think they're both fair. It all depends upon people's opinion on it. Man from Uncle is a fantastic movie. Um yeah. he's a part of it. He's not the only reason why it's fantastic. The rest of the cast is phenomenal in that movie. The writing's great. It's a great action summer movie. I love that movie too. So Again, we don't have any answers. We're just trying to have a conversation here. But yeah. sometimes you hear about networks or like streaming platforms. If a movie's been affiliated with a predator or someone who's committed a crime, they pull that movie from the platform. And again, like I don't know if I don't think I agree with that because there's more than than just the predator in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean that brings up the you know the question of should we should we ban every single movie that was produced by the Weinstein company? Yes, yeah. Like that's a gr- like that's a question, right? Which and was like every one- movie made. <laughs> yeah, every movie made in and the nineties company hasn't even been Harvey Weinstein for years leading up to it because he was getting older. But that's a question that a lot of people just can't stand seeing that logo and seeing his name. You know what I mean? Like they just can't stand it. So you bring up a fair point. I think mass taking something away and hiding it only makes people want to find it more. Um, Putting it out there and saying, you know what, it's going to be here. Everyone make a decision on whether or not you want to watch it and support it. To me, that's the way it should be. I agree. At the end of the day, like you said, it's it's filmmakers' decisions who they want to hire, right? So you're seeing this a lot with Johnny Depp because he was, you know, there was controversy around him and his ex-wife. So, um you know a filmmaker can decide to hire johnny depp but like as an adult you can decide if you want to go see that movie correct and i i don't i've never been a fan of people shaming a decision either way it is it's your response that's that's your job if you're the director of a film you can hire or not hire someone for whatever reason that you want frankly it might not always be right we might not always agree but that's their job and it's the same it's i i totally agree with you taylor Taylor and Mike can decide whether or not we're going to go see Murder on the Nile. And that should be left up to us to decide that because we're adults and we can make that decision. It's just like that movie we were talking. I mean, it's not just like because, you know, these these individuals are being accused of some horrible things. But it was Mm -hmm. like when that movie came out and there was a mass shooting and the movie was pulled. And it was shelved. Do you remember that? It was prior to the pandemic. Yeah. It was, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm an adult who literally makes my own money. Like, I I can decide how I want to spend my money. So, you know, that movie never should have been pulled in my opinion. Yeah. And movie, because that's the thing is it gives the impression that, I mean, I think it was trying to be sensitive, which I can respect, but it does, you don't, I don't think you want to give the impression that movies turn people into something that they're not or by watching a movie army hammers in you're agreeing with what he did because i don't yeah, think that's, that's a I don't good think, point i don't think it's an endorsement just, you're not endorsing the person just because we want to watch man from uncle doesn't mean we support his like no. sexual assault I guess, yeah i'll i'll say right now if he's guilty of these things he should go to jail period yeah. i don't care who he is there i guess go. at the end of the day it just really boils down to whether or not these people should be afforded you know, further opportunities. But I think you're right, Mike. It's, that's not up to us. We don't make movies. So, you know, <laughs> we, we, it's not like we're yeah. giving him opportunities anyways, right? Like, no, I, we're not yeah, that's hiring like, Army Hammer for our next no, movie. No, uh, so. we're, we're not going to bring Army Hammer on the podcast for an interview. Okay, we'll, we'll agree. Could you we'll imagine? Never do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how that would go. Your side um, of the but, story, Army Hammer. <laughs> Yeah, oh jeez. <laughs> you think we got hate email before? I know. <laughs> Wait until we do that. So, um, but full, yeah, they, full disclosure, audience, we are not bringing Army Hammer onto the yeah, show. That, that you can you can be guaranteed by that. But uh, yeah, I I'm glad we're still having these discussions, and we'll keep it up. That's what this is for. We're going to keep having up these discussions. They they you know society and movies they often come together in this way and i think it's important to talk about it and i'm glad we keep bringing it up but we are at the end of the episode though so we we do have to wrap up the conversation for this week 
So thank you everybody for for sticking around and and we hope that uh, you're enjoying our talk. And for those of you who are listening to this later, uh, catch up on some Screening at Kingston episodes after you you missed our talk on Promising Young Woman. But thank you everybody. Go stream some movies. You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Mm-hmm.